Welcome back to another episode of the Behavioral Economics and Marketing Podcast Series. This is Sandra thomas Commonall. This season is entitled Lessons from the Fire, in which I will explore behavioral economics, marketing, professional, and personal development through having recently experienced a natural disaster. In this episode, I will be going more in-depth on Maslow's hierarchy of needs by discussing self-actualization on personal and professional development. What is Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Maslow's hierarchy of needs is a rudimentary motivational theory by Abraham Maslow detailed in 1943 in his article entitled A Theory of Human Motivation, originally published in Psychological Review. The psychology theory asserts that humans are motivated by five basic categories of needs, physiological, safety, love, esteem, and self-actualization. In other words, Maslow proposed that human motivations stem from needs that can be arranged in a hierarchy that range from basic needs for food, water, and housing to higher level needs such as education and self-fulfillment. Maslow's hierarchy of needs can be seen throughout our lives as a great motivator in business and marketing, as well as in our personal decision-making. In this episode, we'll be talking about the fifth and final tier of Maslow's original five-tier hierarchy of needs, self-actualization. Self-actualization is the realization or fulfillment of one's talents and potentialities, especially considered as a drive or need present in everyone. As a need or motivation, it is utilizing and developing of talents and abilities, pursuing goals, partner acquisition, and even parenting. In later revisions of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he broke apart self-actualization into the following categories, cognitive needs, aesthetic needs, self-actualization, and transcendence. For the purpose of this episode, we'll be keep, we'll keep these categories grouped together as self-actualization. So let's give an example. A person who has the inherent potential to be a great artist may never realize or develop their artistic talents if they are focused on attaining the basic needs, such as food, clothing, and shelter. On the other hand, if they are able to focus on the development of their talents and abilities, they may realize their dreams. As a person moves up Maslow's hierarchy of needs, they will have more time, energy, and resources to devote to developing their talents and potentialities, such as art. This is a reason why many great artists do not emerge until later in life when they aren't busy raising a family, earning a living, or worrying about finances. It is easy from this example to see how self-actualization plays into personal and professional development, which is why our marketing leadership application for this episode is self-actualization on personal and professional development. Personal and professional development is a fundamental part of self-actualization, but the reverse is true as well. Self-actualization is an important and fundamental part of personal and professional development. The the two can go hand in hand and you cannot have one without the other, so how do you get started? Let's start by better defining and explaining self-actualization. According to Maslow, self-actualization represents the growth of an individual towards fulfillment of the highest needs, education and cognitive needs, aesthetic needs, and the need for meaning in life. Psychologist Carl Rogers also created a theory that implicates a growth potential, whose aim is to integrate congruently the real self and the ideal self, thereby cultivating the emergence of the fully functioning person. Maslow equated self-actualization with the fulfillment of being values, or the needs that are on the highest level of this hierarchy, representing meaning. 
he states that self-actualizing individuals are able to resolve dichotomies such as that reflected in the ultimate contrary of free will and determinism. He also contends that self-actualizers are highly creative, psychology, psychologically robust individuals. It is argued herein that a dialectical transcendence of ascension towards self-actualization better describes this type of self-actualization, and even the mentally ill whose psychopathy correlates with creativity have the capacity to self-actualize. So what does that actually mean? In layman's terms, it means that people who are self-actualizing are learning who they are through several different processes such as taking classes, learning a new skill, interacting with others, and even travel would fit in this category. But they are also self-actualizing through resolving internal conflicts, and the example given is the ultimate conflict of free will versus determinism. Do we have free will, or is everything predetermined for us? Can we even make our own decisions or choices, or is the choice that we choose already chosen for us? These philosophical or internal conflicts are ones that, according to Maslow, only people who are self-actualizing can pursue. Another point that Maslow makes is that everyone, children, elderly, the mentally ill, we all have the innate ability to self-actualize, and not only the ability, the need to self-actualize. The question then becomes, do we all have the chance to self-actualize? Do we have the free time to take up hobbies, the money to take classes? or even the mental space to think about pursuing these higher level needs. And one interesting side note that I'm just going to leave here is that Maslow believed that the mentally ill are more creative and have progressed higher up the hierarchy of needs. That concept is neither here nor there with regards to the topic of this episode, but is alone interesting to contemplate. Okay, so jumping back in, what are some characteristics of self-actualized people? They have a strong sense of acceptance for themselves and others. They are creative people. They are realistic. They are able to make and sustain deep relationships. They are motivated by a strong sense of ethics. They, are, they have a more efficient perception of reality and can tolerate uncertainty. They are problem solvers. They tend to be independent, they tend to be open and spontaneous, and are often unconventional. They enjoy the journey, the growth path. They show empathy towards others. They volunteer, they give to charities. They have a strong goal set and awareness of self. They have purpose and they are humble. And I want to point out here that self-actualization and all of its subcategories are growth-based needs as opposed to deficiency-based needs. The main difference between growth and deficiency needs is the change in motivation as needs are met. Motivation increases as growth needs are met, so the more that someone grows in their self-actualization, the more motivated they become. Okay, so what are some behaviors that lead to self-actualization? Trying new things, accepting responsibility, not being afraid to be part of the minority, working hard, identifying and eliminating our defenses, experiencing life like a child with absorption and concentration. And before we jump into cultivating self-actualization, it is also important to note that Maslow's original 
Hierarchy of Needs states that a lower level must be completely satisfied and fulfilled before moving on to a higher pursuit. However, today scholars prefer to think of these levels as continuously overlapping each other. Therefore, you do not have to have complete financial security before pursuing your self-actualization needs. However, the more financial security, insecurity you have, the less likely you are to have time, energy, and other resources to devote to the pursuit of self-actualization needs. And a great example of this is when an adult turn, returns full-time or even part-time to finish a college degree. This is the pursuit of cognitive needs, which is often grouped in the category of self-actualization. But the adult that returns to college is often not doing it from a standpoint of complete financial stability but often one of instability, and the promise of financial stability is the motivator for the self-actualization pursuit. On the other side of this, adults returning to school do have a higher dropout rate than students for this exact reason. Okay, so let's talk about cultivating self-actualization. There are many ways to cultivate self-actualization, and here are just a few. Refresh in the presence and beauty of nature while carefully absorbing and observing the surroundings to extract the beauty that the world has to offer. Take time to wind down. So even if getting out into nature is not a possibility, try winding down some other ways. For example, you could grab yourself a coffee and sit in a park bench or in a cafe. An interesting note here is that one time when I was visiting Japan, I took a Japanese tea class. The lady teaching the class told me that her main customer was not in fact tourists, but busy professionals that wanted to learn to slow down outside of their job. You could also read a book. The book doesn't have to be a thick, boring book about some topic you know nothing about. It just has to be something that interests you, something that you want to learn about. Commit to reading a certain number of pages per day or books per month. Make a list of the books you want to read, span genres, read something you have never read before. Maybe science fiction or historical fiction, or browse the topics in the nonfiction section of your favorite bookstore. Or maybe take a class. This could be anything. Show up at the line dancing night. Take a pottery class. Learn a language or enroll in a class on your favorite subject at your local community college. On the other hand, teach something. Teaching a topic can lead to a deeper and better understanding of that topic. Or go to an art museum. Learn about the artist before going there. Read the descriptions next to the artwork and contemplate how the artwork was created, where and when it was created, why it was created, what message the artist is telling, and what message are you receiving. Don't just see it, experience it. Go to a lecture. Most colleges, museums, botanic gardens, etc. will offer lectures on various topics, and they are often free and open to the public. Watch a documentary. A documentary is a low-level commitment, but can spark your interest in to learn more about the topic. Take notes. Carry a notebook and a pencil and take notes on the thoughts you think, ideas you have, and the things you see, the people you meet, anything. Uh, go to a symphony, a musical, or an opera. Expose yourself to as many types and forms of arts and topics that you can. You never know when something will catch you just the right way and you will want to learn more about that topic. Travel. Anyone who has listened to my podcast for any amount of time knows that I am a huge fan of travel. But as far as self-actualization goes, learning about new cultures, new environments, new ways of doing things is a crucial part of personal and professional development. So travel wide and travel often.
So the list goes on and on. There are so many ways to cultivate self-actualization in your own life. But what about the leaders of companies? I want to speak to you for a minute. I have said this before, but I'll say it again. The most important asset your company has is your human capital, which means your team, your employees. And the most efficient way to increase your company's output is to increase your human capital. And the best way to increase your human capital is to offer professional development. So I would like to include a few ways that business leaders can offer self-actualization professional development opportunities for their employees. Offer classes and workshops, either informal or formal classes, in the office, at a local college, or out of town during a meeting or convention. Encouraging your team to take classes is a great professional development tool. How about clubs and affinity groups? Encourage and create clubs and affinity groups in your team. Affinity groups that get together to talk and learn about anything, cooking, photography, books, etc., etc. Trainings. Offering trainings, regular trainings about any topic that is relevant to your company's effective. It could be a public speaking training or a training offered by one of your suppliers or allowing lower level employees to regularly shadow higher level employees. Then there's company outings. Take advantage of company outing opportunities to make them educational, fun, and team building podcasts and articles. Find a great episode of the Behavioral Economics and Marketing podcast. Share it with your team. You should ask your team what they are interested in and what motivates them. Get to know them and get to know their personal and professional goals. This can help to shape how you organize personal and professional development activities. And again, the list goes on and on and on. Wrapping it up, Understanding how we as humans make decisions is an important part of marketing and leadership. Behavioral economics is the study of decision making and can give keen insight into buyer behavior and help to shape your marketing mix. Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs is a rudimentary motivational theory by Abraham Maslow, described in 1943 in his article entitled A Theory of Human Motivation, originally published in Psychological Review. The psychology theory asserts that humans are motivated by five basic categories of needs. Physiological, safety, love, esteem, and self-actualization. In this episode, I discussed how you can cultivate self-actualization in your personal and professional development. If you are enjoying the Behavioral Economics and Marketing podcast, please leave us a review, like it, share it with your friends and family, and follow us online. Thank you for listening to another episode of Behavioral Economics and Marketing. This is Sandra Thomas-Gamenal.